would like AI to solve actual problems for you and to actually provide you with value, you need to do the homework in the front end with getting the right kind of data, making sure it's clean, making sure it's unbiased and representative of your customer, of your market situation, of your industry. Hello and welcome to Management Cars. This is the show where we speak to IMD professors about their areas of interest. And in this week's episode, we're coming back to speak to Amit Joshi, Professor of AI Analytics and Marketing Strategy at IMD. Welcome, Amit. Hey, John. Nice to be back on the show. So in episode one, Amit, we were speaking about AI as a concept. Okay, we were discussing, you know, what it is, what it's often misunderstood to be. And now we want to talk about bringing AI into the workplace, how it has been done and how you might do that. I want to start off with a question about the way people, you know, react to you as an expert in this field. What I really want to know is, do you often have people coming up to you and asking you some very basic questions about AI. Do they have a very misunderstood idea about what AI is and what it could do for their business when you have conversations with them in a business setting? Absolutely, yes, the answer to that is, without a question. Like we have discussed, there is a lot of confusion around AI and machine learning, but more importantly, there's a lot of confusion around what it takes to implement AI, what kind of resources, what kind of infrastructure you need to actually have a meaningful business outcomes from the implementation of this technology. So this is where a lot of organizations and senior executives especially need help. Okay, so let's get into that. I mean, what kind of infrastructure do you need? I mean, think, I think AI might seem like a, quite a daunting subject area. It might seem like it would take a huge amount of resources for a lot of businesses to bring in. You know, what's the sort of the bare minimum? The first thing, which is absolutely table stakes, is you need to have the basic data infrastructure in place. What do I mean by this? You need to be collecting the right data, and I don't mean you need to be collecting gigabytes and petabytes of data. I mean you need to be collecting the right data, even if it is not massive, as long as it's the right data. Secondly, you need to be storing it properly. You need to be ensuring that this data is clean and accessible. Any one of you who works with data, any one of you who has experience in this field will know that most of the data you collect from the real world is incredibly messy. It's typically not directly usable in the business context. So are you collecting the right data? But more importantly, are you then cleaning it, making it workable in a way that can actually start delivering solutions to your organizations. Once you have those things, that's when the typical things that we think about come into play. Do you have the right kind of data scientists? Or do you have the right skill sets to actually take that data and apply it for machine learning or apply it for problems that can give you some kind of output? And in this context, a common problem that I see with organizations is that organizations very, very often underestimate the importance of domain knowledge. It's relatively sexy to have data engineers in organizations today. Data science, data analytics is a very, very sexy field, but data scientists and data analysts by and large can be generalists. 
to actually apply AI, to actually apply machine learning in your organization in a way that's going to deliver value, you need to have people who not only know a little bit of the science and the mathematics, but need to know a lot more of what exactly your industry nuances are. That kind of domain knowledge is the critical difference between organizations that just say they're using AI versus organizations that actually use AI to deliver value. And so you mentioned there delivering value. You know, what kind of businesses stand to benefit the most from bringing in AI? Quite honestly, John, I personally think every business can benefit at least a little bit from AI. And it does not really need to be something massive that you're doing. It does not need to be something at the scale of Google or Amazon or Facebook or any one of these big companies that comes to mind. Even tiny little companies, even small applications, even little startups can benefit from AI. Quite honestly, the difference between adding value and just using AI as a project or as a vanity project is, are you solving a real problem inside your organization? Okay, to me, this is the most fundamental question. I've seen way too many organizations, organizations with resources, may I add, using AI, applying AI, or creating AI projects because it's cool, because everybody else is doing it, you know, because they've got a new CEO or they've got a new CTO who's really passionate about this. Oftentimes these projects go nowhere because they are not solving real organizational issues. On the flip side, I have seen very simple, almost obvious applications of AI in small organizations, in organizations that you and I would not suspect are that tech savvy. But the thing that these applications do is they address a real problem that customers are facing. And that is the critical difference in my mind between organizations that succeed and organizations that fail. Just to give our listeners an example of how simple it is to actually do this today, and this is one of my favorite stories. So there was this computer engineer and he had two teenage kids at home and he had the problem, which I guess most of us who have teenage kids will identify with, the teenage kids used to snack and eat all day long, leave the dirty dishes in the sink and not clean up after them. And whenever one of them was caught with the dishes, he'll say, no, it wasn't me, it was my brother that put the dishes there, right? They used to never take responsibility. So the dad got fed up one day. He took an old webcam, just a simple standard web camera that was lying around in his house, placed it next to the sink, hooked it up to an old laptop of his that he had lying around. On the laptop, he downloaded a standard free software that allows machine learning, super cheap or perhaps even free. He used that software to train using photographs of his kids to recognize one kid from the other. So what happened now is the moment one of the kids put its dish in the sink, the webcam saw which kid it was, and it automatically sent a text message to the kid's phone saying, go do the dishes. I think this is a brilliant example of solving a real problem, right? That is a fantastic example. A real world application, something that a lot of people would, I'm sure, benefit from. And something that can easily, I would say, be brought in at home. On that, actually, this brings us to our next question quite neatly. Because I think one of the things people think about when they think about AI is you know, machines telling you, you know, what to think, what to do, giving you recommendations, perhaps. But you know, IMD as the Institute of Management is principally interested 
in finding out how businesses can create better managers. You know, that's one of the core goals at IMD. I think what's difficult for people to think about in AI is how AI can be brought into management settings, right? How it can inform decisions of decision makers. Could you tell us a little bit more about how AI can help people make decisions rather than just make decisions for them? So when you're using AI to make decisions, it's very, very important to understand the context in which you are living. Specifically, there are two aspects of your situation that need to be extremely clear to you as the manager, as the executive. The first thing is, how quickly are you getting feedback from the environment? Let me explain what I mean. If I am using AI, if I'm using machine learning, if I'm using any of these techniques to make decisions on giving you a 10% off coupon on your next purchase of a six pack of beer. I will know within a week or two if you've used the coupon or not, right? I mean, I typically know the interpurchase time of beer or, or soda or butter or, or soap or whatever that is. If I've given you a coupon, if you use it, I have relatively quick feedback on whether or not my coupon has worked, whether or not my price discount to you has worked. This is a situation where the environment gives us very fast feedback. In contrast, let's think about a situation where I'm using AI to provide a farmer with recommendations on which seeds and fertilizers to use. The best case scenario is it'll take months. In all likelihood, it'll take years before the farmer actually realizes that she is getting a better yield on her field using lesser fertilizer. Now, this is a situation where the feedback from the environment itself is extremely slow. So the first thing you've got to keep in mind is, am I in an environment with fast feedback or slow feedback? The second thing you've got to keep in mind is, am I in a context where the problem definition is absolutely crystal clear and objective? Or am I in a situation where the problem definition is relatively subjective? Once again, if I am sending you a coupon, my problem definition is super simple. Is John going to purchase? Yes or no? It's very simple. And I know this in a couple of weeks saying, I sent John a coupon that expires on this particular date. By this particular date, John used it or did not use it. Crystal clear objective. As opposed to that, let's think of a situation where I'm hiring a senior executive in a firm. What exactly are my objectives? Well, obviously the person has to have performance, but the person needs to be a good team player, needs to have great communication skills perhaps, needs to navigate office politics. There are so many things that need to go on. I have very ambiguous goals in this particular case. So you can either have clear goals and versus ambiguous goals, and you can either have instant feedback versus delayed feedback from the environment. If you happen to be in a situation where the goals are crystal clear and the feedback is very, very fast, you can use AI as a substitute for human decision-making. Only and only in that case can you use AI as a substitute for human decision-making. Classic example, programmatic advertising. I know relatively instantly if you've seen my ad, if you've clicked on my ad in an online context, if you've actually gone ahead and made the purchase or something like that, based on that, my goals are very clear. I get quick feedback. I can replace the human effort with AI. In any of the other combinations, 
What we recommend is you would not be using AI to replace human effort, but you would be using AI to complement human effort. You'd be using AI not as a substitute, but you'd be using AI as a recommendation engine. You might be using it as a provocator, or perhaps in extreme cases, you need to avoid using AI. And so Amit, you've spoken there about being wary of the kind of decisions you let AI systems make for you. Is it also the case that AI systems have some pitfalls in terms of how they make their decisions? So for example, I mean, do you have to be very wary about the kind of data you input? It's garbage in, garbage out, right? I mean, I always like to give the analogy that especially machine learning, because remember, machine learning learns not through us directly telling it what to do, but it learns through examples. Machine learning is kind of like teaching our kids. You know, if we teach our kids the right things, they'll hopefully go out, grow up and do the right things. If we teach our kids weird things, they'll probably grow up and do weird things. It's very similar with machine learning. If you input into machine learning the right kind of data, high quality data that really captures the process, that really captures the phenomena that you want to have occurring, then machine learning can be very powerful. In contrast, if there's problems with the data, if the data are not clean, if the data are not representative of the problem of your customers, it's very, very easy to run into troubles with machine learning. Because remember, this is not a system by definition that you are continually providing input to. By definition, the idea of AI, the idea of machine learning is that you provide a data and the system itself learns how to provide recommendations, how to act, how to give responses. So if the input kernel of data itself is messy, it's wrong in some sense, it's biased, we can run into all kinds of problems. And there's a bunch of examples out there, everything from hiring. Some of our listeners might be familiar with the Amazon example, where Amazon essentially used past data from hiring to you know, recommend whom to hire in the future. And they realized that the AI was only recommending the hiring of male applicants and not female applicants. Well, that's because in the past, that's predominantly what Amazon had done. So it really wasn't AI's fault. It was the fact that the data that AI was provided showed that in the past, whenever people applied, the people who got chosen were male. And that's exactly what the AI learned. There are examples in criminal justice where in the United States, for example, they decided to use machine learning to decide who gets out of prison early. And they were actually quite aware of the existing problems with the system. So they removed any references to race because in the past, these decisions might not have been completely unbiased as to who to let go out of prison versus who's to keep in. So they were aware of these biases and they actually completely eliminated race from the data that the AI was given. Here's the problem though. Remember, AI can be extremely smart. This is a machine. It actually learned to extract the concept of race based on you know, where people were living because you know, neighborhoods tend to be one ethnicity or the other. So the point I'm trying to make is, if you would like AI to solve actual problems for you and to actually provide you with value, you need to do the homework in the front end with getting the right kind of data making sure it's clean, making sure it's unbiased and representative of your customer, of your market situation, of your industry. So Amit, you've spoken a bit about the benefits, some of the pitfalls as well. You know, there's a lot of companies that will feel AI might 
not be relevant for their industry or that they might be clamoring to get AI within some of their decision-making processes internally or externally, but they just don't know kind of when to start and how to start. Is there a right time to bring in AI or should executive companies simply start right away? I would advise companies to ask themselves three questions. And if they can provide satisfactory answers to these three questions, they can go ahead and implement AI. Question number one, do I have the right infrastructure in place to actually be able to implement AI and machine learning? Question number two, do I have the right business model such that if I implement this, it's actually going to add value to my organization, to my customers? Or am I just doing this as a vanity project? Am I actually going to make money, save time, become more efficient, or any combination of this if I implement AI? And if obviously the answer to any one of this is no, you shouldn't be doing it. Question number three, am I in a position to handle any ethical or legal fallout from the implementation of these systems? A lot of these systems can have unforeseen ethical challenges do you have the resources, do you have the wherewithal to deal with these challenges should they come up? If you are in a position to answer positively to these three questions, I say you are more or less ready to implement AI in your organization. If you are not, then you need to think a little bit more. Ahmed. That's a very useful place for us to stop. I think that gives businesses uh, some real checklists and some real practical advice on when they should be bringing in AI and uh, you know what to watch out for when they do. So I want to say thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you very much, John. Thanks for the wonderful discussion. To hear more expert analysis from IBIMD, you can search for us wherever good podcasts are found. For more to read, you can go to iBuyIMD Online, which offers exclusive business intelligence and interviews with the brightest minds in the industry, written by experts for experts.